Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in James, the book of James, chapter 1, and James is toward the end of a paper Bible, or you can use your phone, look up James chapter 1. Um, introductory thought. I'm going to talk for just a moment about the potentially the best gift-getting moment I've ever had in my life. And it had to do with a mini bike that looked something like this. I was probably 11. It, the one that I got was actually orange, and I don't have a picture of it. I was probably 10 or 11, which made my older brother, you know, 13 or 14. We were going through Christmas morning, and I'll just be honest... I don't think Christmas morning so far was all that incredible. Have you ever gotten to an end of Christmas morning in presents and be like, well, that was all right, thanks. So it was that kind of a feeling. And then my dad said, oh, wait, because we were done with all the presents that were there. My dad said something like, oh, wait, there's one more. And he went into our, you know, left our little dingy family room in the basement and went into the utility room, and then he pushed out the, the two-and-a-half-horse J.C. Penny mini bike that looked a ton like that. And can I tell you, I probably can't explain it, but the feeling of, yeah, baby, was everywhere in the room. It was just an amazing moment. I don't know that I'll ever forget, you know, the little mini bike, the mini bike moment. Um, and I used that story to introduce a question for you to consider. Do you know any really great gift givers in your life? Think of them, the people in your life. Are any of them, do they have like a real knack for, I'm seeing a few head nods. Can anybody think of one? My father was like that. If dad said, oh, you know, if he came back from like a little business trip or something, if he ever said, oh, I brought something for you, my general posture would have been, yes, because he just knew how to bring good stuff. That's just, I don't know. So can you think of somebody like that? And if you can't think of that, just think of the opposite of that person you know that is a horrible gift giver. Does anybody have anybody like that? You're, you're not like, oh, great, this will be a throwaway. If, you get a, if you're in a gift exchange, you know, and then you're like, oh, great, I got Martha. She's the worst. Or what? Anyway, never mind. So try to think of that feeling or that understanding of, man, they're really good at at gift giving. And then the, the uh, next question is, this is where we're going to head for the day. Do you see God as a good gift giver? One of us does. But do you see, and I think it's a pretty good authentic question. I mean, I'd like to think, yes, of course, but I also think there's challenges with that. And it goes something like this. Well, I used to believe that God was a good gift giver, or when I was little, I saw God as good and all those things, but sometimes as life goes on, then this tragedy thing happens, and instead of then perceiving as God is good, we begin to put up walls, 
or we get mad and we start doing the, well, if God was good, then, and instead of believing, by the way, the truth, which is God is good and caring and brings good, we begin to, to believe what I would call, which is the lie that somewhere in there God doesn't care and he's just out there jerking our chain around and being mean. You ever heard that? I mean, if you, some of us probably have experienced those moments where we begin to be challenged and think, I don't know if God is good. But just to be clear from a biblical perspective, he absolutely is. Oh, side, little side note. One of the, one of the, yeah, small, small seizure there, sorry. Uh, I've considered this. One of the primary strategies of the devil, the Bible calls him the devil, enemy of your soul, or maybe even our flesh, would be to convince us that God is bad, because if he's bad, we'll stay away from him. And if you want to explore in Genesis chapter 3, there's the initial mess up of humanity. Satan, the serpent, speaks to Eve and plants seeds of doubt as to whether God is really being honest or whether he's really being good. You might want to explore that. I think it's Genesis chapter 3. God is good. Genesis 1.10, in the creation story, God's creating things, the land and sea and such, and it says, and God saw that it was average. Nope, it's not what it says. And it was good. Later in the same story, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. He's also a God who even tweaks the things that might not have worked out as good as he was thinking. So when he sees in chapter 2, after he created man, and it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And so he intervenes and says, let's make this good. I will make a helper suitable for him. God is good. Jesus taught God is a good gift giver. He's using an illustration, and I think it's Matthew 7. Um, he's comparing us to God, God to us in terms of parents, and he basically lays out this story, and he says, if you, parents, he's talking to parents, like if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, and he says, so a parent would never, if their son says, can I have some bread, would give the kid a stone. Like, here's, chew on this, right? A par- uh, even us would never do that, or if, if a parent say, or if a child says, I want a fish, the parent wouldn't give him a snake, like, because that would be a mean trick, you know, hey, I got a present for you, right, they wouldn't do that, so he's painting that picture, and then he says, you, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Okay, hold those thoughts. We're in this series called, Who Told You That? And we are grappling with popular delusions. And today we're going to grapple with the delusion of somehow God is bad or uncaring or mean. And we're going to look at uh, this text in James. Let me give you a little bit of the setting. The writer is trying to disciple people grow them up in their understanding of God. And apparently these people are going through some struggles. If you look a little bit ahead of this, 
There's indication that they're going through trials and challenges. And my take on it is that they must be beginning to think maybe God isn't good because in the conversation, uh, the, the scripture, the writer says this in verse 16. And here's our phrase we've been looking at a lot. Do not, right? It says, don't be deceived. So in the midst of this, you know, interaction with this, these people, he says, don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. It's just a few verses. Let's read it again. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. The title of the talk this weekend is, Who Told You God Doesn't Care? And I want to uh, either remind you, because some of us probably know this, could be others, I want to try to convince you a little bit that, that God is good. So I'm going to give you a couple reasons to keep God on your good list. So let's pause and pray. Um, Lord, whether we're here in the auditorium or we're at home, there's probably, well, I'm sure there are some of us who get this easily. Others might be more of a struggle, but I pray that you would bring clarity regarding your goodness. Speak to us. We don't, I don't want to be an error in my perception of who you are. And I don't think we do either. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, two ideas from the text. The first one is this. God should be on our good list because his goodness is what I'm going to call all-inclusive. It may not be the best way to describe it. All-inclusive. It's all-encompassing. It's big. It's huge. It's generous. And it says, I get this from the first word in the text that says, every good and perfect, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every single, every good and perfect gift is from above. God is the source of every good gift. The word every there, by the way, if you've, if you've ever wondered, you can trust the Bible. If it says every, it means every. And, and if you want to do more word studies, you know, the word, look, it means all, every, the whole, every kind of, all in the sense, it means every. So I was pondering that a little bit, and I was thinking, okay, so that scripture would teach every good thing comes from God. So I started to put together in my mind real quickly a good list. So I just thought, okay, so what's good? And I, here are the four first things that came to my mind in the order they came to my mind. Ice cream. I don't know why. I'm not really a sugar guy, but in that moment in my office, I'm like, what's good? Ice cream. And so I thought, ice cream. And so according to this text, every good and perfect gift comes from above. So who brought us ice cream? 
God, ice cream. So I started connecting. Okay, so that was the first one. The second thing that came to my mind was good and perfect gift was my wife. And I just thought of my wife, and I thought, oh, yeah, that. And so then I began to just try to connect these according to the Scripture. Every good thing in my life is a result of God's initiative in my life. So my wife was the second. My third thing that came to my mind was my health. And then I thought, that's eh, not that great. But it's okay. I thought, yeah, well, I don't know. But there's just the third thing that came to my mind. So I thought, okay, so if I'm feeling good that day and healthy, okay. So that's from God. The fourth thing that came to my mind, because I had just come off of a, a few days off, my wife and I last weekend spent some time in uh, northern Arizona and lower Utah. Have you ever been out? Did you know there are places in the world that don't look like Indiana? Here, so here's some pictures. We're going to spend the next 20 minutes. I'm going to show you a slideshow of our vacation. No, but it was just beautiful. I just, this is so good. And so I was just thinking through, by the way, not just the mountains were good. I, we just had a good experience there. You know, we got to do things that were brought goodness into our life. And so what the scripture is teaching here is those good things, if we're going to be correct in our understanding of God, those good things are gifts from God. Uh, the next picture I want to put up on the screen, it was just an illustration that came to my mind. Have you ever seen like on a detective show where they try to connect the dots and they like, okay, so what's the, how did this and what is it? So the, uh, have you seen those kind of things? Does that make sense? Sort of. So here was the idea. In your billboard, or, or that's not the right, billboard, what's the little board you put in your, what? Cork board of life. And if you put your experiences there, if we're going to do well, we would realize, oh, this was good. We should tie a little string around that thumb, and we should, because it's the truth, we should connect those things to the Lord. That's what we should do. And now can I tell you a tragic thing that we often do? We fail miserably at, at quickly connecting our good things to God. Well, some of you do well, others... Like, we don't quickly go, oh, man, this, is, this ice cream's great. This ice cream's great. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad there's a Meyer store close to me. Or, oh, my, my wife is good. Oh, I'm so glad for Charlie and Janiel who gave birth to her. We do that instead of what we should do is like, this is good. Thank you, God. And the tragic thing is we're, we're slow to do that sometimes. And you know what we're quick to do? Whenever something bad happens, we quickly tie a string to God over the bad stuff and blame him for it. You ever do that? I was, this was a couple years ago. I was uh, going through a McDonald's drive through and getting something that's good and from the Lord. It's the $1, $1, 32-ounce Diet Coke. Oh, right? I, it's maybe not for you, but... How many, do we have any fans for the one dollar? Yeah, okay. So I was doing it. <laughs> over here is like, I'll order one. Um, so I, I got this Diet Coke from the person and brought it into my car. And as I shifted here to put it in a little cubbyhole thing, the top fell off. It fell, hit the little console thing, dumped the entire 32 ounces into the now 
pond I have on the right side, the whole thing. And you know what? My flesh, you know what I did right away? This was just my gut response. Come on, God! I did, I remember feeling, I don't know if I said it out loud, I was like, dang it! Do you ever do those things when something bad happens? It's like, we just quickly knee-jerk our reaction to, you're all powerful and you could have stopped that and now look at this and, and, and where I'm headed with this is that is the wrong response. We should, I, I get the response, we should catch ourselves early in those processes because to be, to be clear, the pain in your life, the difficulty in your life, Anything that you can think of right now, God is not the initiator. He is, you know what causes the screw-ups and the pain in our life? You know what it is? It's not God's sin. It's yours and mine. Or it's sin in the world as a consequence of other sin. Or it is the devil who is active at making our life miserable. We should never and I know that some of you have gone through tragedy, but we should never posture ourselves pointing our finger at God because God is the initiator of good things. And do you see what I'm saying? It's a mistake. We shouldn't do it. Oh, gosh, we should never do that. We just should never do that. I understand the temptation to do it, but it's just, it's wrong. He's the one who intervenes and makes our life many times bearable and beyond bearable. You can write this in. Life's best moments are connected to God's initiatives. So let's... Um, pull this idea into the room. Question will come up on the screen. How am I doing at giving good credit to God? How are you doing in the good moments of today saying, thank you, Lord, for that? And I know you may have some bad moments today, but there's not a person in the room or online who does not have something that we should be grateful for. How are we doing at saying, God, thank you for your goodness. And the second question, which may be the most poignant, applicable, is there an area of blame I need to repent of? And this is a, this is a pretty serious idea. Is there something that happened last week or three months ago or three years ago and you decided you were going to blame God, or you, you haven't talked to him. Like legitimately, you haven't talked to him in three years because that thing happened. And I'm not being as kind as, and as gracious as sometimes I would with this kind of a point because for our own spiritual health, yes, we should release those things and not blame God. But the other side of this is there's, that's nothing short of sin. When we accuse God of those, that we should never do that. And so another way to approach this, you may need to, and I may need to at times, repent of my accusatory, I don't even know if that's a word, posture when I start, 
you know, shaking my fist at God or pointing at God. And we never, we never, I'll say one more time, we, we never have the right to go barking out disrespectful things to the creator of the universe. We just don't. We just don't. First idea, God should be on our good list because his goodness is all-inclusive. One more idea is he should be on our good list because his goodness includes sacrifice. If you're writing something down, you're writing, his goodness includes sacrifice. And you can write out to the side something like, like he's willing to work at it. Sacrifice to bring us goodness. I'll give you an illustration, then we'll go back to the text. I have been in the delivery room for the for the uh, chill, three children that my wife and I have. I was in the delivery room for every one of them. And as I observed the process of giving birth, here's just confession. I would not sign up for that. It's just me. Call me a wimp. Got them some. Okay. Because it looks like work. Can I get an amen from any ladies in the room? Amen. You have no idea. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Uh, so now back to the text. This is what struck me about the text. It says that he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, which is a reference to Jesus Christ and the, and the Bible and he chose, like he chose to take on you and I as a project, knowing that it would be work to bring goodness into our life, to take wherever we were and make us virtuous. And he knew darn well it was going to be labor to do it. You can write this in. God is the kind of parent that chooses labor. He chooses labor. Wow, is he good. He will, he has, and he will sacrificially push to get goodness into our life or work to not just bring us good things, but to make us into people that produce good things. And I thought, think of some of you, I know a lot of us are Christians, and you have a, you know, an understanding of, of who you were before God interjected his grace and Jesus Christ into our life. Have you ever thought about what kind of a project he took on when he took on you? Like I was thinking back, and some of you know I became a Christian when I was 20, and I just think of where I was at relationally, spiritually, uh, emotionally. Oh gosh, my moral, my moral life, my sinful life. I am amazed that God would look down and say, I'm going to do a good work in that. If I were God, I would have passed. I just would have said, that's going to be a lot of work. I'll go on to an easier, redemptive story. 
And then I think of, you know, sometimes when, when a woman will go into labor, there'll be like brief labor, you know, they'll be like four hours. And some of you are like, yeah, that never happens. Well, I've heard of it. And, and then there's other times like they just, there'll be like a two-day or, you know, 43 hours later, boom, there she was. And all, what hour? Boom, there she was. <laughs> boom, there she was. Okay, never mind. But I was thinking of God. God is... Get, he is still, some of us have been followers of Jesus for like four years or 14 years or 40 years. And I don't know about you, but for me, I am still on God's project list. He is still working on me and working with me and having grace when I'm a screw up and saying, no, I'm not going to quit. Here's, here's a great verse. It says, Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on. He's still working. Boy, he's good. The New Living Translation says, he will continue his work until it is finally finished. He is not afraid of working hard to bring goodness into our life and to make us more virtuous along the way so that we can bring goodness into other people's lives. John 5, 17, Jesus says, my father is always at his work. And to this day, Jesus said, I am working. If you want an example, a New Testament, New Testament example of Jesus' willingness to endure a hard process to bring goodness into a person's life, you could look in Luke chapter 8. There's a man named Jairus, and he has a daughter who's about 12 years old, and she's dying. And so the man named Jairus, you know, begs Jesus, will you come and help? And paraphrase, bring your goodness into my difficult situation. And if you read the story, by the way, Jesus is going to do it. He's going to bring healing. But we would be wrong to think that it was like easy. If you read through the story, some of the things that Jesus had to go through just to get to bring the goodness. In verse 42, it says, on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. So that's resistance. You've got to endure that. In verses 43 through 48, there's like a sneak attack of a woman who comes in and touches uh, Jesus' uh, garment in such a way that it pulls power out of him and heals herself. How does that work? I don't know, but it happens because Jesus, Jesus said, someone has touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. So something, whoa. Somebody just took some power from him. You go on in the story, and as they're walking, he's almost been crushed. Someone snuck some power out of him somehow. And then some uh, messengers come and say, don't bother anymore. The girl is dead. You took too long. None of that stops Jesus. He just keeps going. And when he finally gets to the house, there's a group of people that laugh at him because he says, no, nah, she's, not, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. They mock him and they laugh at him. Jesus goes through all those things to bring the goodness into this little girl and to her father. Here's the idea. None of that stops Jesus. All those resistance things. I, don't know, I wonder how long it took from the time the request was made before he finally got to the miracle. I, I don't know. It wasn't 12 minutes. You can write this in. Jesus will push through multiple hurdles to bring us the help we need. He is so good. He'll push through multiple hurdles 
to bring us the help we need. If you want to put a little side note there, this is just something that's come to my mind in the last 24 hours. Uh, It requires patience of us at times. You may be in a situation where you're like, I don't know, I don't see anything good here. Sometimes we, I think oftentimes we need to be patient. God's not afraid to work hard, bring goodness into our life. Do we have a recap slide of the two? I don't know if we do. There it is. Thanks, you guys. His goodness is all-inclusive. His goodness includes sacrifice. He is a good, 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 good God. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.